Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they... What? Ooh, ooh, what did I do? I can't read anymore. Okay. <laughs> My brain is You can totally start over done. if you want to. <laughs> Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin. And I'm Will Lentz. And we are your hosts. Today we are joined by Nicole Heidegger from the podcast Sluts and Scholars. She is also um, a marriage and family therapist um, and a sexologist and more. Uh, and we're talking about domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Um, so before we get into the episode, uh, yeah, I... Um, I think the biggest thing that we wanted to share about this is first, trigger warning. Uh, this is a pretty heavy series of episodes, um, but we felt it was really important to be a part of the conversation um, about what's happening behind closed doors uh, because it has massively and significantly increased, uh, particularly because of social distancing and quarantine. Um, and... Um, yeah, it, it feels like a mountainous topic to address. There are so many different parts of, like, moving parts. And so addressing all of it is impossible. But we hope that this can, you know, provide some kind of support and help and let everyone know that they're not alone and that there are resources and there are things that you can do to help yourself or others if you know that they're in a toxic or an abusive situation. Yeah, it's one of those things that's obviously very tough to see in in, in in day-to-day life, right? And now with everything going on and everybody being so closed off, it makes it even more prevalent. Um, and, you know, I think I'm with you on that, like, too, the general feeling of it. It's like I wish that there was, you know, something more that we could really do. But uh, maybe the way we can help here is to keep talking about it and keep surfacing it. And, and hopefully that, you know, something can resonate or, or some tips can get through and, um and yeah, just if you know anything or anybody that's going through something like this, trying to do your best to be there for them and, and provide a, an outlet, even given with everything going on. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, the big thing that comes up for me with this too, is that, you know, I, I wish there was a simple fix. I wish I wish we could just do like fix all of it with the snap of our fingers. And unfortunately, it is... A, such a it is a global issue and it is systemic so there are lots of parts to help but um yeah uh, this particular part one talks about different types of abuse what it looks like uh, I also know it's very difficult to identify sometimes when you're in the situation what abuse actually is and whether you know especially if you're being gas gaslighted or manipulated um gaslit you know, you can lose perspective on reality. And so I hope this helps to clarify what to look for, and particularly in quarantine. Uh, I found a website after we uh, did this episode. And um, so I just wanted to share a couple of safety tips right out the gate um, for for folks who are, are struggling or know people who are struggling um, before we jump in. So uh, the safety tips um, for 
we advocates, um, women advocates, is as follows. Um, first of all, have a buddy system and a code word. Um, so have at least two people that you can contact with a code word to let them know that you are in trouble. Uh, have a safe room in your place that you're in so there are no weapons or things that can be harmful, glass, guns, um, sharp objects. Uh, and then if you're planning with children, code words are, you know, invaluable to have as well um, to decide how to communicate with them, emergency numbers if you need something, uh, notifying the police before an emergency, have an exit plan to the best of your ability, um, supplies, food, and medication on hand if that is available to you, an emergency bag, um, printing out important documents and making um, copies of those, seeking social support, uh, which we hope that we can help here, uh, and then creating a peaceful space for yourself, um, you know, like after an outbreak to create some solace and some healing um, and then holding on to that plan as your safety plan and exit plan as a way to um, hopefully get those steps rolling as soon as you possibly can. Um, so those are just a couple uh, ideas for, for safety, especially if you're in the current situation or you know somebody. We're going to post a ton of resources on both of these episodes in the show notes. Uh, and please feel free. We would love to hear if you have additional resources or additional information that could be helpful for anyone. So please enjoy. Oh, okay. Um, yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. Uh, I'm so excited today. We have back Nicoletta Heidecker. She is an LMFT sexologist um, and the host of the amazing podcast Sluts and Scholars. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me back. You know, I, I love you, girl. Yeah. So happy to be here. You know, it's funny. You were the first dance party that I went to during quarantine. Uh, like virtual dance party. Like it was this amazing moment. Actually, I thought thought back to it um, a couple of weeks ago because it was like the first night I had had off in forever because I work almost every night. And I got this beautiful gift of being able to dance with you and your friend. And I was like, oh, what? what a joy to not have to work but it was like you know the, the first time and now obviously we've been here for seven weeks but it was such a cool moment to share and to have it with you <laughs> yes and um jerry really led an amazing routine to um i'm blue by <laughs> 65 yeah. um so i i think i probably have it in my my archives which you can't see but um <laughs> and then you know everyone's doing dancing now i think it's a great release and i know you just had um isabella um frappier back on the podcast yeah. so check her erotic motion classes out obviously oh my god so fun yeah um such a good way to just like get out of your head i know i'm majorly stuck in my head so it's nice to get any kind of break <laughs> well i moved from the dance videos to this app called smule oh what's that smule is an app where you can karaoke with random people from around the world and in two weeks i've sang over 95 songs <laughs> wait wait okay i need to download this app it's called smule S-M-U-L-E. Um, I'm not sponsored, but I wish they would sponsor me. I'm a huge fan, and my poor family just has to listen to me, like, shriek at all hours of the day and night singing all the songs. I love that. Join me. Join me. Amazing. Nikki Von H. on Smule. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, today, uh, and this is a two-part episode because this is a little bit heavier of a topic, but um, I'm really 
grateful to have you on because uh, I think, as most people know, and if you don't, domestic violence has risen within our country and globally due to quarantining and social distance measures. Um, and so I really just wanted to to talk about, first of all, different types of abuse and what it looks like because I know, especially when we're in situations where the alternative of getting out it seems daunting and more difficult in this time, especially where you have to be enclosed and you have to be in a, in a space where you feel safe, hopefully. Um, yeah, so what abuse looks like, different resources, um, and then sort of the impact that it's had globally and what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to dive in. I am really interested because you're still taking clients, right? You're still doing like one-on-one -on -one therapeutic sessions? Yeah, I'm seeing clients all virtually. Okay. Um, so I, I'm curious, are you, because you mentioned off, off air before we started that um, you don't have to report um, intimate terrorism or intimate violence. Yeah, so in California, as a licensed marriage and family therapist, we have these like laws and regulations of breaking and holding confidentiality. And so basically, you know, everything you say to a therapist is supposed to be safe and private. And there's a couple situations like where that's not true, which can include um, child abuse, elder or dependent adult abuse, um, or if somebody is going to like give you enough details because they're like on their way to commit like a violent act against someone else or their property. Um, but what's not included in that is intimate partner violence. Um, so like if someone comes in and they tell me that they're, you know, being beat, um, I can't tell anybody. And what is the logic behind that? Because for me, that sounds shocking and like a disservice to the the client and the person that you're you're helping i'm sure there's a lot of opinions on this but I, I think the logic behind it is one of the most dangerous times to leave or do it you know yeah one of the most dangerous times of interpartner violence or any kind of abuse is when somebody tries to leave right um or potentially when like cops and things get involved um it can really escalate people especially if like you know, the cops come and like check into the situation, things can really escalate like after they leave. Um, and so to me, I think it's it's part of that. And the process of leaving something that is abusive can be a really long process and take a lot of time. Um, and a lot of safety measures and precautions are needed in doing so. And so just, you know, alerting someone that it's happening right then um, just isn't, I don't know, it's just not included. I have, I have mixed feelings about it. I think I agree with you to some extent, and then I also understand the, the flip side of it. Um, but I also think the definition of abuse can be so uh, broad. Right. Um, I think one of the big things that sticks out to me and, and my personal experience with this, and particularly in California, uh, before laws changed to uh, lean on the side of the victim, uh, is that something has to happen, like a crime had to occur. I had to have like some evidence on my body or something to show before the law would get involved. And so I didn't feel very protected because they're like, I was like, so you're waiting for me to have some kind of injury or protect, you know, perhaps like a near death experience or whatever on both sides, right? Like somebody like 
perpetrating something and there's no protection before that other than potentially like a, a restraining order or something which you know there's also legality with that and getting a restraining order and and those can lapse and and things of that nature but like just having somebody aware seems useful to me like having a flag of like this 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 particular household is having an issue. It's been documented. If they call, it's real and it needs assistance. I don't know, something to that effect. I mean, I think you point out a good point, And I know that, um, you know, our late friend and colleague, Dr. Amy Harwick, yes. and, and I did an episode, you know, featuring her on my podcast. And, you know, you can look into her whole thing. I don't want to get like too into it. But you know, just because you have evidence and go to places that you think are supposed to be helpful and supportive, I think the laws and systemic, uh, like sexism, um, things are built into all that stuff. And it really prevents sometimes things from happening. Like you said, maybe until it's too late, um, or until things get so extreme, um, that it's really evident. Yeah, absolutely. Which doesn't, yeah, it's not it's not comforting, and it also doesn't give um, just a lot of support in actually leaving, um, you know, or creating that environment where that's permissive. Um, so I would like to talk about what are the different types of abuse because I do know when you're immersed in the situation, uh, sometimes it's hard to identify, and it feels very confusing, especially if you're being gaslit um, and and other manipulative strategies. So. Yeah, what are the different types of abuse that people can experience? Oh, yeah, fuck. I mean, gaslighting is a huge one. I think, obviously, the the one that people often think about most are probably, like, physical abuse things, just because maybe there is a physical measure that you can, like, look at and affects, and I think it seems the most, you know, violent or whatever, but there are so many other kinds of emotional manipulation and control that I think people exercise within their relationships. So that could be anything from, um, you know, controlling what your partner does or wears or the time that they spend with other people. Um, Some people even argue now, like a lot of pretty liberal sex therapists I know would argue that it's abusive to, like, um, sneak on your partner's phone or like look on their social media um, or control anything in that way. Um, But the one that you bring up, I think gaslighting is a big one, which is, I would say, sort of like a narcissistic emotional form of abuse where you kind of take part in like convincing your partner that they're crazy and wrong and to, you know, make them really question themselves. Um, And that one's a really insidious one because usually folks who are good at that are very charismatic Mm -hmm. uh, and very convincing And so when you're in something like that, it can be so hard to see what's happening in it. Um, And often you might not even think that something needs to be done or you may blame yourself or think like, well, who would ever want to be with me? I'm so lucky that this person is putting up with me. Right, right, of course. Well, yeah, and if they bring down your 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 insecurities to such a low point that you feel like they're the only person that will be there or that you deserve or what have you, which is part of the gaslighting – it just substantiates why you shouldn't leave and why you deserve to be treated poorly. And I think, you know, even if you've already heard it, I just want to say like this, any kind of abuse can happen to any person of any gender, um, of any race, of any socioeconomic status. But obviously there are increased things for maybe other minority populations and like other intersections of minority status. But you can be 
you know, well-read, educated, feel like a strong person, a therapist, a caretaker, someone who works in domestic violence prevention, um, and it can still happen to you. Totally. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I've spoken with some people, especially over this time, and I've been surprised that some behavior that's going on that to me feels abusive, but they're unable to identify. And I think one of the big things, and I, and I don't know if you deal with this in therapy, but like that we all have the innate, not innate, but the right to be treated kindly, to have kind words said to us. Like nobody deserves to be yelled at. Um, like most of these behaviors, some of them I feel like go underneath the radar and you can, you can, justify that somebody's angry or upset or whatever um but it's never an excuse to take it out physically verbally emotionally on another person what do you think the line is between like getting upset at somebody quote-unquote rightfully so versus like when it feels abusive um you know honestly i i, I don't think it is ever acceptable to raise your voice in a demeaning way against another person. I understand it happens and if it's infrequent. Uh, but if it's if it's pointed at another person in terms of labeling that person in a way that is punitive or brings them down, calls them names, um, blames them for the behavior of, you know, whatever that's causing them some kind of strife, that kind of dialogue and that kind of um anger and and yelling I think is abusive like if you're not able to take any kind of personal responsibility and just putting the other person in a shame cycle where they're responsible for all everything um or you label somebody in a very unkind way over and over again um especially if that person who's being yelled at is communicating that they don't like it or they're upset, or they don't want to talk, you know, then I think that's when it crosses a line. I mean, I'll give you like an array just of, of examples. I don't know if I would like put them all into categories, but just of like things I've, you know, heard or, or witnessed from folks um, to kind of give you an idea of like the spectrum of, you know, interpartner violence that's out there. Um, for example, I knew somebody who, um, disinvited their partner from their birthday in another city because their partner didn't uh, buy their plane ticket at the exact minute that they wanted them to. Um, I knew somebody who, when they would uh, get mad at their partner, they would wait in their car for the partner to come home. And when the partner would come home, they would leave just at that moment so the partner could see them leaving. Sure. Um, I've known folks who... Um, you know, obviously say no to sex and and in a relationship, the partner or other partner thinks they deserve sex. And so they they take it anyway. Um, I've known folks who obviously, you know, raise their hand or uh, have punched partners in the face when they've gotten upset or gotten angry during an argument. Um, I mean, those are just some of the like super variable, diverse examples um, of things that I would like categorize as abusive. Particularly for quarantine to um are there things that have come up that 
uh, that are particular for this time. You know, I know people don't have very big spaces or some do have big spaces or outdoors or indoor. You know, there's, there's a variety of different situations in which we are living. Um, and so particular challenges that have come up within quarantine and having to share a space 24-7 without really any mobility um, are there are there new challenges that you've heard uh, you've heard people talk about maybe in, in therapy or just things to look out for that are kind of how they're manifesting in a different way now? Yeah, I mean, I would say things to look out for that tensions are obviously higher for people and you're in close proximity. And so if you have someone who's already abusive in some way, that could definitely like magnify and escalate it. I think what's especially dangerous now is, like I said, you know, often the most dangerous time is when somebody tries to leave. And now there's not really any space to like do that safety planning, because if you're sharing space with somebody, especially someone who's controlling, they're probably going to be wanting to like look and watch your movements at all times. And so even if I have a client who's maybe going through that, um, what if they don't even have a safe space to talk about it with me on the phone? They might not even be willing to like have a session or talk to their therapist or call a number because they can't physically find a safe place where they can't be heard or listened to. Um, and I mean, and this isn't just for quarantine, but you know, there are lots of folks who I might hear something that doesn't sound good to me, but that doesn't mean that the person telling me is at a place where they think that it's abusive. Sure. And so the work that we have to do is maybe talking about and around that, but you know, it can also make folks not want to come see me or talk to me if I'm like, look, that's abusive. And they're like, no, it's not. Like, how could you say that about my partner? Sure. Um, so it's a really fine line between naming what something is and supporting that person, but also like meeting them where they're at because they might not think that anything is going wrong. Um, and then I also, in terms of quarantine, um, Folks might not be as willing to like accept other people in their home. So like maybe you can't reach your friends. Maybe you can't reach your support system. Um, maybe shelters and things are, are closed or losing money. Um, but obviously there are lots of resources that you can still like go out and find and call. But I think the big barrier is like what if you can't call? Uh, what if you can't get out? Thank you so much, Nicoletta. We sincerely appreciate you coming on. Uh, and I am grateful to be able to connect with you again um, and and to be able to utilize your expertise and just your kind and generous demeanor and self um, to be able to help, hopefully, others who need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, we would love for you, particularly to now, to send us an email. Um, I'd like to hear anything about how you're doing in quarantine, if you know of other resources, um, if you have any stories, if there's other topics that you would like to hear about that are quarantine-specific. That would be awesome. Uh, our email is findingmyyum at gmail.com. Our uh, social, if you want to reach out to us that way, uh, on both Facebook and Twitter. No, Facebook and Instagram is Finding My Yum <laughs> Twitter's Podcast. Twitter's still coming. Still coming. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Once once quarantine started, they shut down new Twitter accounts. Did that's they? Not, no, that's not true. Um, we just oh. haven't done it yet. <laughs> so uh, believable. You should be an actor. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, so, yeah, reach us out to us uh, on those at Finding My Yum Podcast. Um, share episodes with friends. Jerry's about to tell you how many. 
67. Okay, a little less this time, but that's okay. Uh, just a manageable strategic. number. Yeah, yeah. You've, probably, you've probably done a lot of your friends already, so just those 67 are left. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, try to stay safe and sane out there, guys. Yeah, we're thinking about you, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, please utilize the resources that we have attached um, in the show notes, and um, yeah, listen to part two next week all about uh, legislation that's in the works, how this has been manifesting globally, um, and resources as well uh, that are available to individuals. So we'll see you then. <laughs>